0: Good morning, I'm Christopher Purdy, delighted to welcome you all to today's edition of All Sides Weekend and a Ritual Fire Dance, music by Manuel de Falla, played on the piano by one of my guests on today's discussion. We are talking today about arts and culture. In central Ohio, things that you can actually go and see and hear in the coming days, uh, in all kinds of venues in downtown Columbus and environs. That was pianist Orlai Alonso playing music by Manuel De He is one of my guests this morning, along with Chad Whittington, who is the CEO of Kappa, and Edward Liang, the Artistic Director of Ballet Met. And each of these three gentlemen have a lot to say about what's going on in the arts right now, what they are doing for the audience to develop several different art forms and bring business, money, and people to Central Ohio. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you all for being here. Good morning. Thank you. Morning. Uh, Chad Whittington, I want to begin with you because Kappa has been in the news. Uh, it's always good news when Kappa's in the news, and they've been in the news recently for uh, a new a new venue downtown, a much-loved edifice, the Central Presbyterian Church, which is right by the old post office and the Ohio Theater. Uh, You walk by it every day, whether you realize it or not. Um, It is now joining the Kappa family.
1: That's right. We're really excited about this project. It's been a part of the Kappa family for about 10 years. Kappa bought it from the uh, Presbyterian Church that long ago, and we've been sitting on it. We had other projects to get done, work at the Palace Theater in 2018 and then the Ohio Theater throughout COVID. And now's the right time to add this to the family. The most exciting thing for me is that you think about this, it is a a church. It's a flat floor auditorium. We are not putting fixed seating in it. We're not putting a fixed stage. So we're going to have maximum flexibility to do all kinds of different programming in there. Immersive programming, traditional programming, standing room concerts. Those are things that we don't have the ability to do right now in our current theater. So this really expands our potential to reach new audiences and to have artists into our spaces that we haven't been able to have in the past. The congregation left that building a number of years
0: ago. So has it been sitting empty, just waiting for something wonderful to happen?
1: It has. We bought it not long after it went on the market. So we had a long-term vision for it, the vision that we're putting into place now. But we had to wait for the right time and a point at which we could go out and raise $14 million. You, in
0: fact, I get a little weepy when I say this, but uh, not long before his death, Bill Connor took me on, a, your predecessor took me on a walkthrough of the space. And I had been in it before when it was active as a church. And uh, it, it was a stunning interior. And i would imagine the bones of the building remain viable and wonderful.
1: Yeah, we've done all the testing. The structure of it is strong. And for those that have been in it and have an image of the inside of the church, the auditorium portion is very much going to, to look like like that memory that you have of it. We're going to maintain that. That's one of the things Kappa does, to maintain historic buildings. You know, this is a gathering space, just like our theaters are. We're going to going to protect that history and that in, integrity. There's going to be some new build around it. We need to have good uh, spaces for things like concessions, restrooms, all the all the things that you, you need to have a good experience now when you go to to a uh, production. But you're going to walk into the auditorium and it's going to look spectacular. We're keeping the stained glass and the architecture. So uh, it, it is going to be an absolutely beautiful venue.
0: One thing I think I read about this project is, is it going to be a rooftop kind of bar or restaurant facility? Because it's great if people go to one place and they stay in one place and they don't have to park here and park there for their entertainment, for their meals, for their concessions, etc. Is that
1: that's that's true. So where the parking lot is right on the south side of the building, we're going to build a concessions area and a bar that serves those that are there for the performance. But if you just want to come and stay and have a drink after the performance over is over, you'll be able to do that too. We also see it as an overflow for people that go to the Ohio Theater. You see a ballet or, or you're there for the symphony or there for a Broadway show, uh, babysitters watching the kids and you want to extend the evening a little bit. Where are you going to go? We walk over and you can enjoy a drink after a performance over there. So it really... Uh, this is going to be open beyond just performance hours, and it's really going to create a lot of activity and vibrancy. And what, you know, after hours right now is a pretty quiet corridor down that town.
0: Yeah. Uh, what kind of events, what kind of presentations are you, fo- are you focusing on one specific genre for that space, or anybody who wants to rent it can come down there? Are, are you presenting? How is that going to work out?
1: We want it to be a little bit of everything. We call it a music hall, and we think about it in that context. So, a lot of tra- uh, traveling artists, small bands, and you know, individuals, solo uh, music performers, but the opera could be in there. We expect to have immersive entertainment in there. We expect community groups are going to want to use it. Uh, small nonprofits that maybe write most of the time throughout the year they're in high school auditoriums. And, and those yeah. sorts of places, but we're going to. This is going to be an affordable space where they can come and have a pro, a professional venue to play in once or twice a year. So it's going to serve a lot of different purposes. I I have no doubt. Right from the start, we're going to be able to fill the calendar at the church. I agree with you,
0: having seen the space uh, before, you know, in its in its, I guess, faded glory. Before you got to work on it, I think another downtown venue is all to the good. Chad Woodington is the CEO of Kappa. He is my guest on today's edition of All Sides Weekend, talking about arts and culture, along with Orlai Alonso, who is a pianist, teacher, and impresario, and Edward Liang, who is the ballet, who is the artistic director of Ballet Met and who is Mr. Alice in Wonderland, or Mr. Alice right now. Uh, First of all, let's talk about Alice, opening February 9th.
2: I would love to. Um, This production I've been waiting to bring back since uh, 2019-2020 season. And uh, what's really wonderful and a great way to really not only say but in action tell the community that we belong to you. And it's a great access point for our school and our academy to have full participation beyond the Nutcracker. So we have over a 100 young artists performing with the main company. And uh, this production is very welcoming and whimsical and fun. There's flying, there's uh, literally a hole where the dancers slide through to get into um, Wonderland. And what's, I would say, epic also is the costumes that were designed by Liz. Um, she's just absolutely fantastic, Liz Van Dahl. Um, And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to open uh, February 9th because it's such an embracing production.
0: It's a story most people think they know too, so they won't be there'll be some surprises because with your productions, there generally are, and they are delightful surprises. But I think if people at least have familiarity, they know they've heard about Alice in Wonderland is that fair absolutely to say?
2: Yeah. absolutely, and you know the the wonderful thing about this production is that it really showcases um, the stagecraft in being able to combine. What I would consider wonderful dance, but also a lot of just stagecraft, whether, like I said, a slide, whether flying, um, little flying uh, flamingos or just it's it's a visual feast. And I'm very excited to be able to bring an access point for young children and all the way up to whatever age group. This is what we can shout off to the rooftops That where we say dance belongs to everyone.
0: Did you tell me that this production was the last thing that Ballet Met Dance before the shutdown, before the pandemic? It just happened to be the last production.
2: Yes, and that's why um, it's very special to me personally. It was the last huge production that we did um, before the shutdown. And um, that was the world premiere. And we had a massive success, massive. So I'm very excited to bring this production back. And, um, yeah, it, it. I've been waiting for this for quite some time.
0: Well, we have, too, and we're going to talk more with Edward Young and Ballet Met about... Uh... Alice, and about another production coming later in the season, and some exciting turns in Edward's future that we're going to talk about in a bit. This is All Sides Weekend Arts and Culture, and there's Orlai Alonso, and Orlai Alonso is a pianist, he is a a doctor of music, he's now back on the faculty of one of his alma maters, he's got a few, uh, the (laughs) Ohio State University, and what do you do in your spare time downtown in German Village?
3: What do you mean spare time? (laughs) There is no spare time. It is an amazing experience to be able to be everywhere at once, to be here with you, do radio shows like we used to do with Musica Cubana here, be surrounded by such amazing arts leaders of our community, which I hope to grow to be one day like them, because it's amazing how inspiring they have been throughout all of the years that I've spent here in Columbus, and the inspiration that they give me to continue to bring what music at St. Mary is doing in German Village to the level of what they have done through the arts here in Columbus. Okay, back what an up. Honor.
0: Very nice. Okay, very very nice. Back up a little bit and start in. What is music in, at St. Mary's in Columbus? What is that?
3: Well, it's a concert series that has been uh, operating for about three years. It was the brainchild of um, Father Vince. And Mark Voris. so they had this idea of creating a music series in the middle of the pandemic, where no one could do anything, no one was doing anything, and artists did not have a place to voice their music, their artistry, and had nothing to do. And it was—it seemed like the worst financial idea that you could ever have. But it was not about the money. It was about how do we give the young artists, the emerging artists, a place, a uh, to express all of their musical needs. I mean, as an artist myself, I feel like if we don't give a place or a time for us to express what we have inside, we pretty much die. We go into some sort of depression because we cannot express that, what is inside us. So Music at St. Mary had that idea first as saying, let's help the community, let's help all the musicians who are not able to play now have a place and a voice and with enough separate spacing at a big church where you could have about 500 people, then that was the first original goal. Now, in its third season, we have continued to grow, to partner with the community, to stretch our arms out, to have, I don't know, Pro Musica join us, to have Lancaster Chorale join us. I've, I would stretch my arms out to both of the masters here next to me to have ballet. We've had flamenco dancers. We've had jazz. So our goal is to bring to life all those local artists like we have done for so many years and keep the arts alive here in Columbus in a new space because German Village is a quiet section of town. Not it with didn't you have, there. <laughs> not, no, not with me there now. So the goal is to involve the whole community there. We're so close to downtown that we still have that flow of, hey, events happening here at German Village just stretch out really close by uh, to downtown. And I've, I've had... A lot of fun being as executive director starting this year. This is my first year as executive director there.
0: Full disclosure, um, I got a phone call in the midst of the first pandemic summer when no one was going anywhere. And I remember this specifically sitting at my kitchen table with my laptop trying to figure out what I'm going to do because nobody could work. And the phone rang, and it was Mark Voris, who was the director of music at that time at St. Mary's, who said, I want to start a concert series in German Village in the midst of the pandemic. And I said, you are out of your blank, blank mind. Yes. You're crazy. (laughs) I I mean, it's ridiculous. And he did it anyway. and uh, there are f- full churches, full houses. There were in the first season, and they still are. There was one for the concert you gave yourself last <laughs> Sunday that was fully was pretty full You're and asking. pretty enthusiastic. So um, I stand corrected. I was wrong. You must never ask me if you should do anything, because I'll tell you no, and I'll be wrong. Do it anyway. <laughs> um, I'm Christopher Purdy. This is All Sides Weekend. We're talking about arts and culture. And as we take a break, let's hear a little bit of Malaguena. Thank you.
1: This new year, LifeKit wants to help you succeed because everyone needs a little help being human. It can seem so
3: overwhelming.
1: You're not alone. Who can I commit to being?
2: If you want to do something,
1: then just do it.
2: Just take that first step.
1: Great advice every week. Listen to LifeKit from NPR.
0: We are back with another segment of today's All Sides Weekend. I'm Christopher Purdy talking about arts and culture in central Ohio. With three people who know all about that, no more than any of us else do... They are Edward Liang, the Artistic Director of Ballet Met, Olay Alonso, who is a pianist and the Executive Director of Music at St. Mary's in German Village. He's also this semester teaching at The Ohio State University, and Chad Whittington, who is the CEO of Kappa. And, Chad, we were talking about uh, Kappa's plans for Central Presbyterian Church for a performance venue, uh, a concession venue, uh, a destination downtown. Uh, The there's been talk, and I think it's, I'm pretty sure now it's more than talk, of a new concert hall in Columbus for the Columbus Symphony. Time to
1: talk about that? Sure, and um, I just want to say, you know, I'm wearing my Kappa hat for this. The, the Symphony Board and, and leadership are really taking the lead on that project, but we run a lot of arts venues, and so we're we're partnering with them in terms of providing uh, support and, and, and input. I, I think it's important to think when we plan for new spaces, we need to think about the community as a whole. And I certainly think that's part of the conversation that needs to happen right now, not only for the symphony, but other great organizations like Ballet Met, what's the future for them in terms of of physical space. So, you know, I I think what a concert hall for the symphony is, is addressing one piece of a larger pie that we need to be thinking about all at the same time. So in in general concepts that the, the planning is around the idea for 15 to 100 1500 to 1600 seat concert hall in downtown Columbus. That's a much better fit from a size perspective than the symphony playing at the in the 2800 seat Ohio theater. It would also be built with better acoustics. The Ohio theater was built as a as a movie theater, not even a a live uh, performance arts theater when it was originally built. So acoustically, it's it's okay. But uh, certainly most symphonies play in something that's uh, built for symphonic music so um, that's the concept out there it's very early on there's a lot of planning to be done obviously we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars for something like that and also we want to make sure it's financially sustainable in in the long term and we're working on both of those questions right now devil's
0: advocate i'm listening to this and i'm thinking well for goodness sake i remember 40 years ago they killed themselves saving the ohio theater and now you want to move why do we need another theater if we have the ohio and the palace and everything else
1: yeah, I think that goes back to that question about looking at the entire environment and saying, where is Columbus going? Think about where we were. You know, I, I started working downtown around 2000. In the last 20-plus years, we've seen incredible growth. You look at the projections between Intel and, and Honda and everything else that's being done around central Ohio – we've got just as strong growth projections for the next 20 years. How are arts and entertainment going to grow and provide new opportunities and new new spaces to meet the demands and the needs of the community here? And, you know, that's what, that's what this is about. So why do we need it? Because, again, something that's right-sized for the symphony. And also when I think about the theaters we've got, how do we grow the Broadway season right now when we're sharing uh, the Ohio theater between Ballet Met, the symphony, and Broadway? I, I think... Uh, we would all agree that right now fitting us all into the calendar at the Ohio Theater the way we want to is a struggle. So we need more space. We need to make sure it's the right space, but we need growth in our community if we're going to meet the needs on on multiple uh, fronts from an artistic perspective. For this new
0: concert hall for the symphony, what is the projected site? Where are we going to go?
1: Oh, I'm not sure I can uh, oh, okay. let the cat out of the bag on that.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, it's going to be somewhere downtown.
1: That's right. That's fair to say. <laughs> downtown. Okay. Somewhere yes.
0: downtown, is a hall for the Columbus <laughs> Symphony. Um, how about making it available to other?
1: Well, absolutely. Constituents. I, uh, this- yeah, I think something built. Uh, that to me is an important question. Something And the symphony would agree, something built singularly for symphonic music that can't at least do other types of music uh, isn't going to work. It wouldn't be sustainable financially and it also wouldn't get as much activity as we would want to see. I, I still think we need to explore the idea of what Can we build something that is available and uh, functional for other arts groups as well? I think, you know, as we go forward and we work on the planning, uh, we need to take into account all voices and make sure we're building something that's going to serve the community for a long time on many fronts.
0: You know, today's New York Times has a big piece about the Metropolitan Opera, which I think is the richest uh, performing arts association in the country, now rating their endowment. I mean, every year they're taking millions out of their endowment. You're talking about real expansion, For the arts, you're talking about new venues, uh, which, as you said, hundreds of they don't come cheap. So uh, clearly, uh, you wouldn't be doing this if you didn't believe this community wanted it and could support it. Am I fair?
1: I agree, and that's what the that is what the planning process is about. No one wants to create something that can't serve the community well and that we can't support financially. So that's why I say we're still a long way from a finished project, or because we want to make sure we can answer those questions responsibly for the community. There's a lot of community support. There's The community feels like the arts do need to grow to keep up with the growth of the community. It's our job to make sure we're doing that in a responsible
0: Opening way. Opening night, I'm going to buy you a beer, okay? Hang around. All right, Fair enough. Very good. I'll hold, hold you to it. Okay, Chad Whittington is the CEO of CAPA. Edward Liang, um, you were talking about Alice, you were talking about working in the Ohio Theater. You work in several different venues. You have a terrific venue literally in your backyard and your and your building that's been doing some renovation, black, a black box. Yes. Um, um ever
2: since I took over Ballet Met in 2013, I've always known our campus is just spectacular in comparison nationally. We have our own black box theater that seats 225. Um, We're going to complete renovations on our dance campus and connecting our two buildings with a little glass jewel box. So um, with any sort of renovation, it really shows the community that
0: Ballet Met is here to stay. And uh, I, I can't wait to unveil this. Goodness, having had you just said that, I'm going to have to ask you the next question. People know, because it's been in the papers, it's been talked about, you are leaving Columbus to become the head of the Kennedy Center Ballet, the Washington Ballet. I mean, you're moving on up. I mean, this is this is a great thing. I mean, they have raided us uh, to, <laughs> to, to, to get you. Um, when is that move happening, and what will you be doing, and where? And give us the scoop. yeah Yeah, uh,
2: it will be right after um, the... I guess the final pr- uh, program which is Romeo and Juliet with the Columbus Symphony here Orchestra, yes. here yeah. and I start full-time May in Washington DC and I am taking over the artistic directorship of the Washington Ballet which is based in DC and um, they they do perform a lot in the Kennedy Center but also in different uh, sites and also all around the DMV including Virginia
0: so you're going to be busy. You're packed, but you're not packing yet. Talk about Romeo and Juliet. Well, here,
2: this <laughs> is I. I could not be uh, more grateful for a, an incredible farewell. Uh, Rasa Milanov will be conducting personally, which is just a dream for me. Uh, but we're gonna do Romeo and Juliet at the Ohio Theater in the end of April, and uh, it is my favorite score of all time so yeah yeah yeah. and then in between Alice and uh, Romeo and Juliet we have a spectacular uh, mixed repertoire at the Davidson Theatre three Asian choreographers and um, yeah it's called Asian voices and we're really leading the charge uh, nationally in terms of really highlighting um, artists of color that
0: um, and telling different stories has the ballet world been? I don't want to say a target, but part of the conversation about the need for more DEI. Absolutely, okay. I th- uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion for yeah, and belonging, belonging. That's
2: and, a good, oh, I like that. That's yeah, and it's really uh, that is, you know, even before this movement, um, ballet met and the dance landscape has been really trying to understand how we have fallen short uh, in the past, and it. Unfortunately, unfortunately um, dance and ballet moves a little bit slower, but it also does mean that we're having thoughtful conversations and not we're not just being reactionary. I personally think that having a very thoughtful approach and not having it be performative, not having it be uh, reactionary, like I said, is the way to go.
0: Also, I'm wondering in terms of the repertoire, in terms of new repertoire, because the ballet really renews itself every year. It's, it's all about new repertoire, I think. Does that lend itself to developing new work?
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm a little biased, but well, I, yeah. I really think that where, um, especially dance, I've always said that dance is the ultimate communicator. You don't have to understand language, It is such an amplifier of music. And uh, when words fail, dance and movement steps forward. And I really believe in that.
0: Edward Yang is the uh, artistic director of Ballet Met. His production of Alice is going to be at the Ohio Theater yes. February ninth through the eleventh. There'll be six performances with Ballet Met. Looking forward to an Asian an evening of Asian-born choreographers. And Romeo and Juliet. We'll talk more about that. Orle Alonso. One of the reasons I wanted you to come on the show today is I wanted to talk to somebody who's a performing musician and what it's like based in this community because you you have a family, you own a home, you live here, yep. you work here, uh, to to perform in this community. What are the challenges?
3: Because it can't always be easy. And what's it like? Well, I mean, I cannot live without performing as we talked earlier. So that's part of expressing myself, expressing everything that I have within me. And I always think of it as communication. If we do anything in our performances, in our art, dance, anything that we do, it's communication. So for me, is that need to be able to communicate something, to tell a story to the audience. So now as a teacher, if my students do not perform with the intent of communicating something, there is nothing there. So for me, the hard thing is not that I cannot communicate. Now it's finding the time to practice. So as an artistic director, as an executive director, the performance part of you gets put on a competitive balance with them. So that makes it really hard having children, having uh, to run and teach at Ohio State and having the students playing for you. And then it takes time away from you. But at the same time, all of this wonderful activities that are happening around my performances, I think nurture that side of me of a performing artist. It it makes me be a better uh, at practicing, more conscious kind of practice. So it develops you as an artist, because now you don't have the six to eight hours a day that you had when you were a college student and could practice all day long and focus only on performance. Nowadays, you cannot be an artist that just performs. That doesn't exist anymore, where you would have your manager and you could be the Horowitz traveling the world. Now you have to wear the hat of the manager, the producer, the stage crew, every every aspect. You have to be entrepreneurial. Correct. To
0: be any kind of performer today in any discipline, I don't care if you're a, a rock a rocker, whatever you do, you've got to be a business person. Exactly, you really do. And I hope our colleges are really insisting on that with people getting fine arts degrees. Now, tell St. Mary's is a gorgeous, gorgeous church in German Village. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, What is it like as a performance venue? Are there any challenges with with the hierarchy or the neighborhood and working in there? And, you know, how do you program a space like that?
3: I have loved working this whole year at St. Mary. This is my first time getting to know the community. It takes time to grow in a community for them to find out who you are and what are you doing and what are you up to. So in a sense, it has taken a little bit. It's gone a little slow. But then once they got to know me and got to know that... What you see is what you get. I am exactly the person you see. No ulterior motive, no anything. It's Then they start to trust you. Then they start to come to all the different performances. I love the venue since it has been renovated after the lightning strike of what, 2015, when it was almost a condemned church, now it's such a bright space. The acoustics yeah. are amazing. You walk in there and it feels like a brand new space. The organ is amazing. So we have, I've, I play the organ on the weekends there as the music director all, of the church as well. Um, so it really feels like I'm growing to to be part of the family of German Village. Then you get the German Village Society and Sean Kessler getting involved. You get all of the local venues like cat singers, like the restaurants, the bars, the coffee shops. Then they all start to become part of it. The community at St. Mary didn't used to come to all of the concerts. Now, knowing that I am there, that I'm promoting all these great things that are happening around the church environment, then they're now starting to come to the concerts. We used to have a Spanish group called Tertulia in German Village where we will just go get together at night, uh, drink great wine, have Latin food, and only speak Spanish with all of the different groups. Now they're coming too and making uh, St. Mary as part of their German Village group and everything. And I love bringing people in, all the people that I love in the community. So the best part of being an artistic director and an executive director is that then all of those people that you love around town, that you say, I would love for you to be able to have a place to express yourself. Come here. My house is your house. How do I make this happen so that then I can get the Columbus International Children's Choir with Tatiana Katz, Pro Musica with Dana Chen, and bringing all of the great artists around town. The Columbus Symphony, we worked with them too. And we have done amazing things with huge pillars of the community. So I feel really, really proud to be able to make a home for all our local artists. And I think in Columbus, there is room for all of us to do things With Kappa, with the ballet, with everything, the audience, there's so much happening, but so much with amazing talent, with amazing people surrounding it. There is support for it. So I'm really, really proud to be part of this community.
0: Proud to have you. Mark Forrest, if you're listening, you told me that you were going to start a concert series, and I told you not to, and I was wrong. <laughs> um, and you you did it for a number of years, and you made it happen, and now Orla Alonso is there as the artistic director and music director of St. Mary's Church. I mean, you'd, you'd look at that church, and if you didn't know better, you'd, thought, you'd think you were in Milan or out, outside someplace in Italy. It's an absolutely gorgeous space that you make happen. Um, and I know that Pro Music is coming up, And the Lancaster Chorale is coming up, and uh, you've had jazz groups there. You've had flamenco dancers there.
3: Yes, I
0: have. So I I don't think there's any limit coming up in what's going to be presented at St. Mary Church. This is All Sides Weekend. I'm Christopher Purdy. We're talking about arts and culture, and we'll be right back. Don't go away.
1: This new year, LifeKit wants to help you succeed because everyone needs a little help being human. It can seem so overwhelming. You're not alone. Who can I commit to being?
2: If you want to do something, then just do it. Just take that first step.
1: Great advice every week. Listen to LifeKit from NPR.
0: We are back, All Sides Weekend, Arts and Culture in Central Ohio, talking with Chad Whittington, who is the CEO of Kappa. Edward Liang, uh, the artistic director of Ballet Met. His production of Alice is at the Ohio Theater, February 9th through the 11th. He's got uh, several more. We're going to review again what uh, you're offering us. And Orla Alonso, pianist impresario, music at St. Mary's. And on the faculty now of, his, of one of his alma maters, like Yale is another one, uh, at The Ohio State University. And I think this last segment should be about Edward. Do you agree, Chad Whittington? Absolutely, need, I do. We need to talk about <laughs> Edward. Edward Lang, the Artistic Director of Ballet Met, came here in 2013. So one of the things I want to ask Edward right now, you're leaving us to go uh, take over the Washington Ballet at the Kennedy Center. You're leaving. You're taking over in May. You've been here a little more than 10 years. What was it like when you got here, and what is it like now in Columbus? Uh, that's such a great
2: question. Um, when I first landed in 2013, uh, the ecosystem was very different but amazing because I started with some other arts leaders at the same time.
0: When did you, where, did you, where did you come from, excuse me, when you came here? Where, 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 where New York you... City. Yeah. Uh,
2: I was still a freelance choreographer. Um, I was traveling all over, and I got headhunted uh, by the board, uh, Ballet Met. And um, smart, good for you. <laughs> and it was it was great because I kind of grew up with uh, other leaders, and we could be thought partners. And this is what I love, and I see in terms of growth. I mean, the growth of Columbus in these past eleven years has been mind-blowing in a positive way and I see I agree with Chad 100% is that the sky's the limit for Columbus this type I mean just this conversation Christopher doesn't happen in every city you have so many advocates for the arts in understanding and supporting us to get out there I mean this doesn't happen so I'm hats off to Columbus and to you for giving us a platform to be able to speak about our art. And um, what is wonderful is that you I got to really um, grow as an arts leader, as an artist, with how this city has blossomed. And it is not just the buzzword, But collaboration is at the heart of the arts here in Columbus, and you don't find that ecosystem in most cities. So I'm very proud to have grown.
0: There were two people who first used the word collaboration on this program and I think invented it. Uh, at least in recent times in Columbus. You were one of them, and Stephen Anderson was the other, who uh, ran Catco. It was called Catco for many years, and uh, as, as fine an impresario as, as ever lived. Uh, the two of you together were, were formidable formidable as arts leaders. And um, what do you think you'll miss uh, about... Now, Washington's a great venue. I mean, this is this is... If you don't know, the man is being kicked upstairs about, you know far, but what would you miss about Columbus? Uh,
2: many, many things. I mean, uh, my husband and I, only here have we been really been able to balance our work life, not only in terms of a high-caliber career, but also quality of life. Um, you know, just having a, a three-bedroom house or a two-bedroom house, we n- never thought that we'd have this much space in a garden, even from a tree. New York, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... But, you know, if you're going to look at a high level, any sort of building, any sort of city is an infrastructure or a box. It's the people. It's the humanity. It's the collective is what fills the box. And that's what I'm going to miss the most is the quality of people and the aspiration and the desire of collectively for this city is beautiful. So I'm going to miss that.
0: I first really got to, to know you up close working on what was called Twisted. Oh, and there yes. were three three evenings that they were a few years apart, and they were collaborations with the ballet, the opera, and the symphony. And they drew full houses. They do packed houses. Yes. I don't know what it was like working with everybody backstage. I imagine it was controversial. I, I wasn't part of that, but I was part of the front. But what I saw... Was how much uh, people loved Ballet Met, and how much Ballet Met loved you. I, I, mean, I saw that. I was, I was in the room. I saw that you, you couldn't miss it. Uh, so clearly, that's a gift that you have. Uh, nobody was afraid of you. But, you know, there wasn't any intimidation. But they listened, they listened, and they watched you, and they because they wanted to. They knew they were going to get something wonderful out of it, um, and I noticed that. And I'm a i am I was a, I'm still a I'm a neophyte with dance, but I I know quality and I know communication when I see it. I'm in that business, so I congratulate for you that. Um, uh, Thank you. Washington is very very lucky. Chad Whittington, yeah. do you want to get on the Edward train with me?
1: Oh yeah, of course I do. Uh, he's been a great partner in many ways. He was he was kind enough to call me and give me a heads up just before the announcement came out publicly. Uh, My stomach fell when I heard it and not, not that I'm surprised for him. I'm, you know, I think we've been lucky to keep him here in Columbus as long as we have. So, but there were really two things I thought about one. We've already talked about a lot, artistic quality. And I don't think anybody in this community would question the level of artistic quality and creativity that he's brought to Columbus. But one, I I think most people might not realize as much. And this ties back to something we were talking about earlier. when We said artists need to also understand business now. They're, there are some folks on the art, artistic side that really don't care that much about the business side. There are some that care but don't, don't understand it well. And then there are the few like Edward that understand it. They care about it, and they have figured out how to blend it with incredible artistic quality. And so, you must. You must. You have to. You have to. That's what it takes to be successful. And he's proven that that uh, over and over and over again that, that that can happen. So when people say those things aren't compatible... Absolutely untrue. Ballymet has proved that consistently for many, many years. And the success, I mean, again, we're building new halls. I mean, very few cities are building
0: new halls and that you know it's and, uh, and renovating the ones we have. You talked about the Palace Theater earlier. That underwent a big renovation in recent years. It
1: right? did in 2018, millions of dollars to really freshen it, not only freshen it up, but make it uh, functional for the next 25 years, right? It, it's about making sure our buildings are going to serve this community for the long term. That's that's what we're focused on.
0: Something else that's been in the news, I don't know if we we uh, talked about this before, but uh, the Athenaeum downtown has been in the news. It's been sold to uh an outfit that wants to turn it into some kind of performance venue and again that's a building that people drive by and they they notice this imposing building and i bet a lot of people don't really know what it is or what goes on in there uh, can you does this have any kind of bearing on what cap is doing uh this this sale this building could you review
1: the building for us sure temple live management is a for-profit company that b- bought it not long ago they have acquired masonic buildings in other cities including cleveland and converted those into entertainment spaces so it is a massive building right downtown yeah, on it's... 4th street that has dozens and dozens of buildings the uh, spaces within it the largest is a is a theater style room that seats about 1000 and then there's 300 seats 75 seats uh, all down in scale i they have been doing performances in there for a while. Temple Live has has been uh, renting the space from the, from the former owner and doing performance. So it's not bringing a, a new building online. I do expect that over time they're going to increase what they do in ter- terms of performance there. But the possibilities are, are endless, really, because it's got so many different spaces for for small uh, performance to take place. So. I'm glad to see somebody has figured out how to use it. Kappa looked at it at one time. It is a massive space with a lot of rooms and trying to figure out how to make that work. Uh, uh, that was tough. And, and so I'm glad someone has figured that out. I, I hope they're successful. And we've talked a lot on the show about growth in Columbus. We're going to need those spaces for arts and entertainment. And uh, you know, I, I think it's just like the other projects we've talked about are part of the answer. Someone really fully activating the Athenaeum is going to be part of the answer, too. Is getting people to actually physically come to a theater still a challenge? Uh, if we're talking about from a COVID perspective, no. Yeah. We, we've we had you know, audiences in central Ohio came back right away, and we've seen that maintained. So I know you know, in the news, we're all aware there, there are ups and downs, but we haven't seen audiences ebb and flow as a result. We've been pretty steady. I know for all of us, this past holiday season uh, was incredible in terms of attendance and ticket sales. So but we've had a huge support from the community.
0: Edward, I went to see Nutcracker. I do every year your production of Nutcracker in the Ohio Theater. Uh, I went... Uh right after Christmas and it was a it was a full house you do like 15 performances that's a lot so how did that track for you this year
2: oh my gosh it was spectacular and you know we're we broke box office records we we kind of also used Nutcracker we have 25 shows that are blended a lot of them well three of them are for kids. So for kid ticks, inviting schools and young kids to participate with the Nutcracker. But also, we did two what we would consider soft performances. My first Nutcracker, which is a soft performance that we partnered with lots of kids with different needs and disabilities so that they have access point to the performing arts, but also for young kids and parents, that kids that can't sit through a two-hour right, performance. Sure. So um, it has been wildly successful, um, and that's why Alice is so important to us, is that we need another touch point with our community to invite young kids and families to a very just transformative and a journey in ballet.
0: Is Alice a big show? Huge. Is it really?
2: It's massive.
0: You, you need to have rabbits. You need to have uh, uh, we, you know, <laughs> queens of hearts. And- I mean, it it is.
2: There's over a hundred people on stage, so it is lots of scene changes. Spectacular. It's it is it is a feast for the eyes.
0: February 9th through the eleventh at the Ohio Theater.
2: Absolutely. I'll be
0: there. I'll be in the front row for Evan Lang's production of. Ballet Mets production of Alice. And you know what, Chad Whitigan, speaking of a great,
1: grand, wonderful show, what is Eugene Onegin? Yeah, we're excited about that. March first and second. That's a co-production between Columbus Symphony and Opera Columbus. Uh, many of you may have uh, seen Rigoletto last year, which was the same co-production between those two groups. So, we're excited about that. Uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar, it's Tchaikovsky music. So, and Rossin is going to be conducting that. So, it's going to be a great weekend at the Ohio Theater.
0: That has a duel in it. It has ballroom scenes. It has. Uh, unrequited love it has sorrow it has all everything you want it has death it has dancing everything that you want in a, in a, it's a grand show grand is, is the operative word that is March 1st and 2nd at the Ohio Theater at the Ohio right. Theater uh, opera, so it's fully staged costumes, sets and costumes as well
1: it is absolutely which is, is great Rigoletto is the first time in a long time we've had a fully staged opera at the Ohio Theater so I'm really glad they're continuing that and I hope the community supports it so we can do something similar Every year
0: i hope you do too because it's my favorite opera so i hope people will come because it's 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 a wonderful show and russa milanov uh the artistic director of the music director of the columbus symphony is conducting what just very briefly kappa's role in all of these uh theaters and all of these performing arts ensembles is what
1: well so we own the buildings we use the buildings for our own presentations we rent them to the other groups and i i we believe that the community is better and arts are better if all of us rise together. So I think that's maybe the most nebulous thing is we try and help support the other groups in any way that we can. We've helped out uh, in, in terms of some things on Eugene Negan and Rigoletto to allow symphony and opera to take a chance on something new we've done that with a lot of groups if there's we don't have to produce everything in time we've got great partners great organizations that can can do a lot of things so one of the things that we try and do behind the scenes is if somebody can get 90 percent of the way there financially to make something happen and there's something we can do to help get it to the finish line uh whether providing a building uh support whatever the case may be that's that's part of our mission and we think about that
0: does cap help with things like marketing and uh Absolutely. yes.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, we do through our, our email lists and, and everything else. Again, I, I think we're better off as an arts community if everybody's successful and uh, we try and keep that mind in terms uh, the, in terms of the way we operate.
0: And as operators of the theaters downtown, it doesn't help you if the theaters aren't, aren't full. So, Absolutely so, true. true. Yes. Uh, Chad Whittington is the CEO of Kappa. We're talking about the life and uh, arts and culture in downtown Columbus. Edward Lang is the artistic director of Ballet Met. Don't forget to go and see Alice the 9th through the 11th of February. Orle Alonso, what's the future going to be at music at St.
3: Mary's? Well... Keeping a bright future, with, especially with all of the wonderful things happening what's your, around town. What's your bucket list?
0: It doesn't have to be realistic, but what's your bucket there's list?
3: There's no such thing as bucket list. It's the beauty of everything that we're doing is that we can continue to grow and bring amazing artists into town so that the community can experience everything like Yo-Yo Ma, Joshua Bell, all of the big names, but at the same time the guy in the corner who has a soul and a heart that hasn't been heard and then open that door so that the community can also hear the local artist the local student like what we're doing at our next concert on February 4th it's an Ohio State student, Annabella Petronzi doing her doctoral recital at Music at St. Mary so that kind of connection where local young upcoming artists can have a place to shine and the superstars the rock stars of our community of Performers can also be there and share within the community. One
0: presentation that was a big success that I was present for was uh, the Columbus International Children's Choir conducted by Tatiana Katz, who, by the way, would be great help helping you to sell Eugene Onegin. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there, but she uh, she she's a real entrepreneur and musician. She she is what you folks are. She really is.
3: I love her. She's an amazing director. She's a great friend. And on March 10th, she'll be there at Music at St. Mary again. It's what I love about all of these relationships that we're creating, that we're creating anchor companies. So my goal would be in the future that I have the ballet and Edward Leering, sorry to see you leave, and Kappa and different groups that would have a home there with us too. It's open to all of us. To be able to share in the community,
0: but pro music plays in, in the Southern Theater. Then why? Are you, why are they going to go half a mile away to play at St. Mary's? What's 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 the sense of that? Well, Devil's the, advocate here. I've got to do the that. the
3: acoustics. Yes. very different. the The location of the place. When you see the orchestra starting to play at St. Mary and they hear the sound coming back at them, there you always see a smile on their faces because the acoustics are amazing. When they're doing choral works, when they're doing Messiah, what is a better place to perform right. it? At the Southern Theater or at a church where people are already in the mindset of hearing Messiah in a sacred space? They're so both it's both wonderful. The, variety. the
0: Southern Theater is wonderful. They're oh, both I,
3: wonderful. I have performed at the Southern and I love playing there. That was the last performance with my brother. If you could sell could... wine
0: in the church, you'd probably do a little better. Oh. But like cap, <laughs> cap is, But no, it's wonderful. Music at St. Mary, uh, begun by Mark Forrest, now run by Orla Alonso, who is a pianist and on entrepreneur a business person a teacher uh, who's making CDs with his brother Orlando Alonso thank you for joining us today Chad Whittington thank you very much thank for you. keeping it happening in Columbus if anybody does that it's you <laughs> and Kappa so thank you so much for that thank you for the time and Edward I'm gonna start crying um, I, I I'm gonna hope that you'll come back one more time before you leave so we can so this today doesn't have to be goodbye on the program and plus I'm
2: I'm de- I'm gonna be back and helping ballet met stage ballets, so this oh, is good. not a,
0: a goodbye. So maybe you'll rent your place in Columbus out and not sell it. Who knows?
2: We're thinking about it. Okay, we
0: oh. <laughs> good. Uh, we wish you all the best. We will see you at Alice uh, on February 9th. We will see you at Eugene Onega On March 1st. We'll see you at St. Mary's next weekend. Um, there's so much going on. You need to keep yourself... Uh, just write everything down. I'm Christopher Purdy. This has been All Sides Weekend. We talked with Chad Whittington from Kappa, Orlai Alonso, and Edward Liang. And I thank you, Chris Johnston, for making radio possible. I thank you, Marcus Charleston, our producer. I thank you all for listening. Peace out. Go to shows.